This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 488, brought to you by Geek Nation Tours and iFanboy listeners like you. Welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast. This is episode 488. I am Josh Flanagan. Thank God. My co-host, Connor Kilpatrick. Welcome back. Oh, do I talk? I wasn't, uh, I figured I didn't need to talk anymore. <laughs> One of the thing that people don't know about the episode last week is that I literally had to go back in and edit out about 15 minutes of yawning. <laughs> because I was, like, I was exhausted and I, I just kept talking and I realized, like, I've, I haven't rested and all of a sudden I would, like, I need to yawn. I don't have enough air. So that's a there's a little trade secret for you. We are a fanboy. We like comic books. Every week we read a bunch of our comics or a stack of them is what this says. Uh, and one of us picks their favorite book, and we call that the pick of the week. We'll talk about that book, other books, other stuff. Try to read some listener mail, and uh, it should be fun. Your spoiler warning is that this is a review show. Use your head. Come on, we're gonna talk about what happens in the books. Get out of here, Connie. You got the pick. I was really just hoping to never have to do this again. I just, wow. Welcome, <laughs> I saw welcome how, back. I saw how, how excited you were, and I was like, you know what? So I'll just sit back, collect my giant eye fanboy weekly check that we get. and uh, <laughs> Royalties. <laughs> a royalty check. But this week, I had actually a lot of good books. Yeah. I had three or four books that I read and finished going, oh, that, that could very easily be the pick. And, and the pick of the week ended up being a book I read the very, at very last. And so up, up until that point... I had a different book in my head, and then I read Air Boy number one from Image Comics, James Robinson, Greg Henkel, and I didn't see how I couldn't. I, first of all, I didn't want to cause James Robinson to go on any kind of bender by not picking it. Did I you felt kind of guilty? You, what level of anticipation did you have for this book? Um, I knew about it. I, uh-huh. I knew what it was about. I knew it was a book about James Robinson and Greg Henkel trying to do an Air Boy comic. Mm-hmm. I knew that there was some sort of meta, you know, Airboy shows up in the book two kind of situation. But, and I was looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. It, was yeah. one of, it was one of those announcements that came out last time where I was like, oh, that's interesting. I will definitely be, keep my eye out for that. So I was looking forward to it. Yeah. So just as I said, this book is about James Robinson, who is... Uh, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. It's a, it's, I mean, it's obviously a heightened reality. That is not what Eric Stevenson's office looks like in Image Comics. <laughs> I love the scooter. <laughs> and the, the, the view of the bay and the yeah. really multi-level because there's stairs. So in the, you know, it opens up with Eric Stevenson and James Robinson on the phone. Uh, Eric Stevenson wants James Robinson to do an Airboy comic and James Robinson does not know how to do that. And this is his drug and alcohol-fueled uh, existential crisis journey through trying to figure out how to do an Airboy comic and... It reminded me a lot of The Escapists that we loved, uh-huh. that comic from way back, the Dark Horse book about kids trying to do an escapist comic. And yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, it's crazy. There's a crazy sex scene that where Greg Henkel and James Robinson take a girl home from the bar. There's a lot of James Robinson and Greg Henkel in this book, physically. And uh, it was... It's one of those... N- <laughs> the artist was quite kind to himself. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's nutty. It, I mean, it's like it was super enjoyable, but it That's was super what it nutty. Was. Like the, the on the surface, if you'd be like, if you were to tell me that they wrote a book, it's basically about themselves, and they it's like they do a bunch of drugs and get into stuff. I'd be like, that's kind of boring. But it was so it was such a combination of it being really over the top, but also at the same time super honest. Well, they reference Hunter S. Thompson, which it feels sort of like that heightened drug fueled uh-huh. ride. But also, as you said, you know James Robinson's pretty open in this about. His fears, his, his the, yeah. the, the parts of his personality that aren't so great, his doubts, his rev, you know reveling in uh, I'm a terrible writer, I'll never write anything good again, and this spiraling, not paying attention to anybody around him, include his uh it says his uh, then wife Jan, who is no longer his wife now, is in the book and not treating her all that well, and then every time Greg Henkel tries to talk to him about anything in his own life, James Robinson just steamrolls over that, talk about himself more. I mean, he's very open about what he sees as his own faults. Yeah, and he's quite he's quite cutting, and that stuff feels super raw. Yeah, it was uncomfortable read at times. Yeah, no, and you t- and, you know we we've met him. I, I've I've seen him write on the internet. I've you know uh, I spent a long weekend with him at Darwin Cook's wedding. Yeah, I mean, I've seen him in action. And so what we're saying here is that you know he really he laid a lot of stuff out here at the same time with doing this other sort of comedic over the top romp. And the combination of those two things, I w- this was this is like my favorite thing that he's done in in a really long time. Yeah, this is the James Robinson who lit the world on fire in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just saying that makes me worry for him. By the way, <laughs> well, the benefit of doing it comedically is that it doesn't get too uh, heavy handed and or too depressing. No, it, true, and 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 I think that I'm actually we're giving Greg Henkel sort of short shrift no, here. It's, it's, he was he was perfect. Yes, I mean it was. It was spot on, like the exact right tone. It's cartooning. It's yep. not like super realistic, although the, you know, Robinson looks like Robinson. Yes, he does. I assume that's what Hinkle looks like, and Stevenson yeah. looks exactly like Stevenson. But, but they're cartoons. They're but not. they're exaggerated versions of them, and the coloring is all very sort of green and red and purple. Yeah. Not, it's not realistically colored. It, it's all very heightened, and which allows you to have these really dark moments, that, but not feel too oppressive about it. Well, it feels like feels a bit like the kind of cartooning that I've been talking about uh, when we were talking about minimum wage. Like right. it's that kind of there's just shit everywhere, and that, like everything. Everybody's is apartment is just messy with garbage, yeah. and and it's just all there. Like Stevenson's office. But the cartooning of the it's of the figures is spectacular. Well, I mean, just the the drawing itself is wonderful. I really I don't I don't think I know this artist, but I was I was like this is this is perfect for what it is, and I I. I don't know how many issues this is, but I can't I, stop looking at Greg Hinkle's penis. <laughs> <laughs> it's giant. I love that. Like at first, he started out as, "Wait, we're gonna we're gonna do what?" And then by the end, he was totally into it. Was he? Look at his face. <laughs> I know, he, but he went with it. He went and he got some heroin. <laughs> well, he, accidentally. he didn't know it was heroin. That was cocaine. Okay. Oh, I see. <laughs> um. <laughs> it was such a pleasure. But also in that it was so uncomfortable and raw at the same time. I just, like, it's hard to, exp- like, you just kind of have to experience it, but uh, it was super brave. Well, what's going to be really interesting now is to see where this goes, because the first issue is pretty straightforward. Okay, how the hell are we going to do this comic? Let's drink a lot, take a lot of drugs, and, and work our way through San Francisco and try to figure it out. And then mm-hmm. it ends with, you know, so they're at this woman's apartment they're, who they just had sex with the night before. They're trying to get out of there. They're going to do a lot, some, some cocaine before they leave. It turns out it's heroin. 
And then they have some more of James's Coke, so it's fine. It should be noted that James Robinson has gone sober in the intervening years. And, uh, but then Airboy shows up in her apartment and says, this behavior will not stand. And he is colored mm-hmm. you know, in the bright primary colors of a comic book character. He's, when you just said he is colored, I felt uncomfortable. <laughs> he's colored in the reds and the yellows and the blues. He's uh, not a monotone. So he stands out in this monotone world. And then the cover for the next issue, which is a little back matter explaining how it was put together, which I liked a lot, shows them all at a packed bar with Airboy, who has a drink. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this works. Mm-hmm. I loved it. This was one of the best things I read in a while. That's great. It's good to hear. I'm, I love it when we're on the same page about yeah. the thing. Because I read it, I, I think I had actually, I'd heard about it a while ago, and so when I actually read the preview, which I don't usually do. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh. And then I don't think the preview was in this. Like, the preview that was in the, running in the back of some book last week was right. not in featured, those pages were not in this. Oh, it's interesting, because I didn't, I didn't read those books yet, yeah. so that's why I didn't see the preview. And then, I, so I read it really early, like I was excited, and I, I was just like, that was... And I, and I made sure to like write to you, like, you have to read this, this thing. And, and, uh, well, it's interesting because, you know, James Robinson, as we said before, lit the world on fire in the 90s. He, he sort of exploded on the scene with Starman and other, and other things. And, <sighs> and he's taken a beating in the last 10 years for a lot of his work. He's done some good stuff in the last 10 years. We've sure. certainly, certainly talked about it. Yeah. But he's also taken a big beating, especially for his DC work. And that's mentioned a lot of times in this issue. How's it going at DC? Horrible. And I feel like, I feel like, this was him just opening the vein and being like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm not going to try to do, do this other stuff anymore. I'm just going to go back to uh, just really personal stories. And, mm-hmm. and you're like, shit, man. Where's this guy been? <laughs> and there's a reason why he's so beloved. You know, I've, I've liked a lot of what he's done. I haven't liked some of what he's nothing, nothing that I read it and I was like, that was awful. It's not bad. Yeah. Like, some of it didn't connect, but some of it totally did. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't even mean... You know, when he went back to the to do the shade or something like that, that the was, was good. that it was really good. But I mean, there's been a lot of a lot of fun stuff. I I stuck all the way through Invaders, you know, yes. and I've read you read uh, all of uh, Fantastic Four. Like yes. you know, it's uh, it's been some good stuff, definitely. But nothing definitely. like this where you're just like, whoa. Yeah. Well, yeah. This is a it book was, everyone should check out. Definitely. Airboy number one. Easy uh, pick of the week. Yeah. I, yeah. Once I read it, I was like, okay, well, I guess that's it. <laughs> yeah. Totally. I mean, the number of easy. creator cocks per capita was higher than any other book. So yeah. by, that, by that scale, the per capita cock scale, uh, it wins pick of the week. <laughs> you made me snort. <laughs> so I, I tend to not do that on Mike. One so of the uh, other options was Action Comics 41. Right? This, this was the uh, first issue since Convergence. Greg Pak, Aaron Cooter. And it was a little confusing because this takes place after an issue of Superman that hasn't come out yet. So I guess in that Is issue... Is that what it was? Yeah. In that issue... I not... I did not bother going to find it. I was like, well. Well, I thought maybe I missed it. So I went and dug around the app and it wasn't in the app. And I looked up, I, I searched on, I Googled it and it wasn't, hadn't come out yet as far as I can tell. Mm. Um, and I saw a tweet today from Gene Yuen Lang saying his, his run begins later this month. So that's the first issue of his run. But, I mean, well, one of the strengths of it was. You got enough information that you didn't need it. Didn't need it. It was just confusing at first. I was like, what? What? Yeah, I, I got that too, but I'm so used to, like, I'm not reading the other thing. Darwin, all variant cover. Yeah, I totally, but it was like one of those things they throw you in the story and you, f- you figure out what's going on pretty quick. I was like, oh, he has Golden Age powers. Awesome. So Superman, you know, we talked about this before, he has his new powers, he can blow up his energy, and when he does that, he comes back with no powers for a while and they slowly come back. So in this issue, he's not totally powerless 
he's like a little strong, but not really strong, and he can leap. This sort of brought me back to what I thought we'd get out of Superman in the original New 52 relaunch after that first issue with, with Morrison where he couldn't fly. Sure. And he was just a little stronger, and he was kind of angry, and he wore the T-shirt and jeans. And this is him in a T-shirt and jeans, and he ends up buying a Superman shirt uh, from a store and uh, sort of going across. And I know people are complaining that sort of very similar to JMS's story in which he's walking the earth, but this is not him on a journey. He's just trying to get home. And he can't fly home, so he's got to walk until he buys a motorcycle, and then he gets in trouble, and uh, finally makes his jerks. way back home. But I, I love this was fantastic. Not just yeah. no small part because the Aaron Cooter art was just wonderful again. Well, not only like he he came on to begin, and I was like, oh, this is really cool because it's very different than that quote unquote house style that sort of had been going on mm-hmm. over over at DC, and and he's gotten better and better. Mm-hmm. Like I like. This is this is a different Superman. Like he's got a different haircut. He's got he looks younger. Know, he he feels younger. And you're watching him walk around in the world, I guess. So it has like a different feel. Like he's he's down there with the folk. Yeah. Which is I don't know. It's, it was super compelling, and I got done with it, and I was like, I'm really because I'm always on the I'm always halfway on the fence with the Superman book. Yeah. Like if it's not good, it's kind of there's always, no denying. I mean, this particular <laughs> run with Pal Concluder has been absolutely. really good. But I kind of forgotten about it because I was like, oh, yeah, DC books are back this week. So I right. had to sort of get back into those. And, and I was like, all right, no, I'm reading this. And I'm, I'm so glad that I didn't sort of skip over it. So the story uh, that was, hasn't happened yet is that Lois reveals his identity. So everybody knows Clark Kent is Superman. He's on the news. He goes back to – when he finally makes it back to Metropolis. So this is his, – his, his journey's over for the people who are complaining. He's back at home. You know, there's a lot of mixed feelings. People in his neighborhood like him because – They've got a celebrity living in their neighborhood. But then some people are kind of skeptical because, you know, where Superman is, trouble follows, and they don't want their neighborhood wrecked. And the, the, the fire department girl is friendly, but also, you know, at the end it's sort of pointed that, you know, a lot of people are scared in the neighborhood. It's your fault. So it's a, there's a lot of texture going on here, which I like. And clearly the military is coming for him because that's what they do. They do. I like Every the sequence at the end where he has to. There's that monster, and he's got to jump on multiple things to get high enough to fight him. Yeah, I like that. Like it's fun because there's precedent for it. Mm-hmm. In, in that, like that's what Golden Age Superman was sort of like, and they kept making him more and more and more powerful. So then you sort of revisit that kind of thing, and they they've made you know, like you said, Grant Morrison sort of. I just sort wish we had had more of that back then. That's what I really yeah, liked about Grant Morrison. That was the thing. Issue. I think we got like one arc. And then it jumped around all over then, the place. And it was like five years later, and he was in yeah. a costume. And well, he was in a costume. It was an A costume. He was in a costume. <laughs> so the other option, well, another option for pick of the week was Secret Wars number three, and I just love this entire thing. Isn't it strange how unlike issues two and three are to issue one? Yes. And and because this was basically just a continuation of the last issue, which we really both liked. Yes. And I was totally down with that. And I, l- I really like that, like, Stephen Strange is still Stephen Strange. Mm-hmm. You know? And, he remembers. And, yeah. And, and I, I think like that's great. He's like the North. The North remembers and so does Stephen Strange. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of things here I wanted to highlight. One, there's a really great panel of Isad Rubik's surprised face in which they all, everyone in the panel has surprised face. <laughs> I think it's towards the end. <gasps> I can't find it. Oh, it's right here. It's when... Uh, Strange reveals that uh, Doctor Doom is the god of the planet, and you see Lady Thor and Reed Richards and Captain Marvel, and you assume <laughs> Spider-Man and Black Panther all are have the same face too. Yeah, but I also really liked. 
Is that 70s movie Spider-Man? Kind of. Kind of <laughs> is. Spirit lenses. 70s TV show, yeah. Yeah. TV movie. In this issue... Yeah, TV movie. In this issue, it was a pilot. In this issue... No, it was a series. For one season. Was it? Yeah. In this issue, they discover a ship. In the last issue, the ship was discovered with the people from the Ultimate Universe plus Thanos. And in this issue, we find another ship in which we've got some people from the, the Marvel Universe, Spider-Man, Captain Marvel, Reed Richards, Black Panther, Lady Thor, and some other people. So, and then so now you've got a whole bunch of people in the in this Game of Thrones world who remember the old times. And so that's going to be troublesome, including Reed Richards, obviously, which is going to be the biggest trouble of them all. But I also really like the scene. This is probably what have made a pick of the week between Sue and Doom, in which Doom takes off his mask or Sue takes his mask off of him and his face is just all wrecked. Because mm-hmm. when I was a kid, there was always it was always the big mystery. What did Doom look like? And they never showed you what Doom looked like. Did they never? They, well, they, when I was a kid, they didn't show him. And then when they finally did, he just had like a little scar on his face. And that was kind of the irony of it, right? It was like he wasn't ugly. He just had a scar. But to him, that was bad enough. He had to cover his face. But here, he's just like he's got no nose. His teeth are all messed up. And I thought that was a really compelling scene because he is really ugly here. So I think you can go two ways with Doom. One, there's the irony of just a little imperfection is enough to hide, make him hide. And this one is just he is really ugly on the outside. Yeah. And uh, that was, I thought, a really great scene. And a really compelling drawing. I was like, oh, it sort of stuck with me for a while. Mm. But uh, Yeah. I mean, there's literally very little left to say about Isad Ribic in this case. I mean, he must have started this a year ago. <laughs> I like that Johnny Storm is the sun and he revolves around the earth. Yeah. At some point, one of, the, one of the people from the ultimate world is like, I'm pretty sure the sun is revolving around the earth here. I like that a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of great little touches in this that I just love. I just like, I love, uh, I love Thanos's, um posture. Like at the end, he's just like, eh, you know, we're cool. It's fine. Like they're, they're yeah, like, they're on the spring rock. break. Yeah. And he's just, he's just, he's not worried about anything. Well, he's the star. Why is Namor with them? He was part of the Illuminati. I don't know. I mean, we didn't read those those comics like, where they this right. came together. That is not the comics' fault. I'm just before I get the letters. Well, this is uh, mostly the Illuminati, so you've got part of it in in the one ship and part of it in the other ship. Mm-hmm. But I just love this. No, but Namor is with the bad guys. Well, he's sometimes bad. He flooded he he flooded all of Manhattan with that tidal wave in the '60s. Yeah, but never forget, I, Josh. What's funny is that we forget that with him, but Hank Pym just can't catch a break. <laughs> Uh, it's not funny. There's a trust there. There's a, there's a broken trust. I guess so. Oh, there's also Star-Lord because, uh, you know. I know the, why. The movie, the movie made a billion dollars. Uh, no, <laughs> $775 million, sorry. And he's the Star-Lord from the movie. Yeah. Oh, totally. In Lego, in Lego Marvel, we got Star-Lord, and he's like the comic book one, and I don't recognize him. What the hell's that? <laughs> so, he's not charming or handsome. There's nobody who's going to be, like, pissed off that the old Star-Lord's gone. And if you are, you're a troglodyte. <laughs> let's be let's be honest. Like, there was like three Star Lord fans prior to. I guess if you're Abnet or Landing, then you can be. You'd be like, oh, I like the other one. I looked at Big Man Plans, and I decided since I hadn't read any of it, I would just wait for the collections and something. It's only four issues, so I didn't read number three. All right. That being the case, I, I was actually curious if you had read it because you were away the I week. I thought days. about it, and I saw it said three or four, and I was like, well, I'll just wait. I'll just read them. They're super fast. You've got the issues. This is the most hardcore, grim comic book and it it huddles on the edge or not huddles not the word straddles the the sort of line of is this okay it's i mean like the character is so mean 
mm-hmm. and broken and like it's it's the most violent comic book I've read in such a long time and it is like dark 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 humor because it is definitely being done for jokes but like mm-hmm. like there's a scene where basically he goes back and he gets revenge on everybody who taunted him in the ho- in where he grew taunted actually is a is a very light way of putting it they were they tortured him basically bully, you know bully as, tortured. As yeah, well, yeah, but he's, a, you know, he's a dwarf, and uh, so he goes back to get one of these guys, and his mother is in the hospital with a stroke stuck in a bed, and she can't talk, and she has the kid, he has the woman's son in front of him, and he pulls out a piece of pair of pliers like he's going to pull off his teeth, but he actually just rips off sort of the top part of his jaw. Oh. Yeah, and, like, this all happens. There's a big crack, you know. You're going like, to make me want to read this book. It's so grim, but, like, it's, it's super hardcore. And it, it, it is it but is funny. funny, although barely. Like it's right on the edge. Like if it was torture porn, it would be one thing. Right. It's played very seriously. I don't. It's a very it's like Tarantino, where the violence is funny. It's close. But yeah, it's probably a lot not like. Funny. Yep, it's a lot like. Um, is it like uh, uh, Django and Chain? Django and Chain. It's yeah. close to that. Like it's very because that violence a lot of time is well, also very. It's hard very, to watch sometimes. Right. It's very weighty, but it was also like. Well, they had it coming. They were assholes. Right. That's kind of what's happening. We all had it coming, Josh. I know we all had it coming. I just, I just wanted to go ahead and check in on that one again. I, I'm, I, I, I had it in my hand. I thought about it, but I understand. I don't know that I would want to read it all at one time because <laughs> it's. If I, if I call you crying, it's because I finished reading the collection and I, that first one is, uh, is, is fun. The tiny death. They like, like the Vietnamese think that he is death personified, like literally the, the angel of death. I can see that. Because he's quite grim, but I st- it was if you liked that first one and you dropped off, uh, you, sh- you shouldn't have because it's still good. I fell behind on Star Wars. I know you're not reading these, right? So uh, I read Star Wars five and six this week, mm-hmm. and Darth Vader, which actually has a scene in common with Star Wars. Is so it actually, still the scene. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's actually like several pages of a scene that matches the one that's in the Darth Vader book. Which Same one? dialogue, slightly different camera angle and artist. It was weird. It was a weird choice which to scene? make. I thought. which scene was it? The Vader when he's uh, standing at the window and uh, you know he finds oh, out. Oh yeah, 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 and he makes the window crack, which seems yep. very unsafe in this. In this yeah, case. yeah. Well, he he's got a suit. He's fine. <laughs> he just locks it. He locks down the boots and he's good to go. So you are. are I assume you're not going to be upset one way or another about the spoiler. <sighs> fine, go ahead. Okay. Well, no, it's fine. Oh, it's well, fine. It's fine. Uh, there's the thing is that basically this issue is a fight in Ben Kenobi's. It's two things that happens. A fight in Ben Kenobi's hut between Luke Skywalker and Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that should happen. But we that's the thing about this book. Like, they have yeah. to do things, and I totally understand that. And it's between the movies, so it excuse it. But whatever. I, I've decided that I don't like the word canon, and I'm going to kind of start. Like, only in terms of if I'm reading a story, I'm like, well, what happened before this that I need to know about that is re- really part of the story? Besides that, I don't care. Right. Canon's one of those things that I'm sick of. Right. So I, I'm tr- going to try not to let that uh, get to me. Anyway, uh, and then Leia and Han uh, land on this sort of hidden planet inside a nebula, which is kind of cool. And the one thing about this book, I'm going to get to the thing. The one yeah. thing about this book is I want to say a nice thing is that Jason Aaron really, really does have the voices down. Yeah. He's very good at writing these three main characters and making them sound like themselves almost too much. It's almost like a, like an impersonation that's like a Daryl Hammond impersonation, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You're like, that's so, it doesn't bring much else to it other than what already was there, I guess. But he's definitely telling different stories and stuff like that. He, he, can, he can do that. So a plane lands and a, an, an angry lady pops out 
and her name is Santa Solo, and she is Han Solo's wife. Oh, God. And that is... Oh, God. That is not the last page of the book, but it is the last page of that story. So, I believe that we are experiencing something that seems like it's going to be a big deal, but will not be. Could be. Could be. Because you can't. Like, it's too big, but at the same time, I kind of applaud the chutzpah. Like, he's like, we're telling this story. Can we tell a real story? Otherwise, we're just running in circles in between these movies. We can't make anything happen. Classic superhero comic book stuff, really. So, I don't know. Like, if you just think of it like, okay, let's watch what this thing that happens. If you were to introduce this person to the room with these other two people, does that work or not? I don't know. I This week I read Darth Vader and I read Princess Leia and I... Oh, I stopped reading *The Princess Leia*. I don't. I don't want that. I just don't. I don't. I don't. I might. I, I'm a very hard time with these books. Going back to your canon thing, I think if they weren't canon, if they were just star- stories like the Dark Horse ones, it'd be fine. Like I don't care that like about the EU stuff, but uh, since they're so tied into what Disney's doing with the movies, and they're making such a big deal of saying this is all tied into the movie stuff, it just sort of bugs me. Well, I'm saying back off of it. I mean, if you think Jason Aaron, this is the same guy who did that story where it's it was like, wow, Thor's mom is probably this lady Thor. Yeah. And then and then he was like, uh, Thor's girlfriend is probably this lady Thor. And, you know, that wasn't the case. But I'm just saying, like, it, you know, like, it may not be what it seems. Well, we'll see. I'm just, I'm, I'm struggling. Maybe with she's these. a rogue droid who is mis- who has a programming error. Could be. Well, the thing that I was okay about Darth Vader was they went off in a corner by themselves for a while, but then they came back, you know, full force this time. I was like, I don't, I don't want to read these stories. Here's the thing about Kieran's book is that there's a lot of prequel in it. Yeah, which I don't like that either. Because that's his, that's his backstory, and I understand Actually, why. Actually, when as soon as I saw the flashback to the stuff from the prequels, I was like, I'm out. <laughs> and it was like bad stuff from episode yeah, two. Yeah, it was bad also. stuff. And then the, and the famous no scream scene. I was just like, oh, I'm out. I can't do this. So I might be out. I wonder if they'll cut to the. Uh, at some point, I want them to do the the death of Shmi Skywalker, which I consider to be the ultimate low point for the whole thing. Which is when she looks at him and she says, "I love." See, I, I I've so blocked all of that out i couldn't have told you how she died uh, well it's just that Lindsay and i have been Lindsay and i Lindsay saw it one time in the theater with me which was the second time i saw it, and we have been ma- we have been laughing about that joke for however many years it's been over 10 years but i don't remember much about the movie but i remember that i love i just can't i can't i think, <laughs> I, think I might be out for all th- all the books that's fair and 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 i think that we are not the guys for them that's fine I just want the I movies. Think, I don't need anything else. I think we're, I think we're Star Wars classicists. Totally. I think I'm one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah, and you and I, especially, especially, and I think Ron falls into this too, former host of the show, is that is that we're all retreating back to just the original three movies. Yes, I don't need anything and else. And just shrinking the whole world down to that. Like I've forgotten most of what happened in the Thrawn books and the other stuff, and those were fine at the time, but I don't need to refer to them. It's not a thing. Yeah. Maybe the Tales stories. I like those a lot. <laughs> Look, those are all good books. They were fun, but I don't. Yeah. I don't need the world to get bigger, and I realize it's going to get really big for the course of our lifetime. But for now, I'm just happy with the three movies, and I'll, I'll, I'm excited for the next movie, and I'll watch that. And 
But we'll see how it goes. If I don't like that, you know, I don't need to continue consuming all the Star Wars things. I have the movies. Not so. you're I, you're not invested. What do you mean? Are you invested in the new movie? Yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm really am. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. we, we talked about this. I would. I know, but are you invested? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, will you be? Could you? Would you be disappointed? Yeah, I would be because it's got the original cast in it. If it was just a new movie taking place in the, in the world and it was in the future and it, uh-huh. it was their kids or whatever, it'd be, it'd be, I'd be able to disassociate myself. But you know, Harrison Ford's there with Chewie. I can't not I'm be. I'm definitely keeping myself a little at arm's length. Yeah, uh, I can't. I cannot. I don't. Yeah. I just can't. I mean, we've already talked about going to midnight. And I don't. I don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. But uh, in the meantime, <laughs> that was a downer. I, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was a good just check. It was a status check. Well, it's funny because all the, all of the talk about what you know the the big thing that happened this this issue, I wasn't, sh- I couldn't f- not think about it. I couldn't figure out what it could be that, made, that would make everybody freak out. But that's dumb. Hopefully, it's, yeah, I was, I was a little like, okay, but at the same time, like, they got to do a book. Yeah, but they don't have to make fundamental character changes. They can do a book without doing that. If those are their main characters, they have to do something. They have to do like I can understand from the point of view. It's like, well, we have to do something in this book. We can't just run in circles. Or, or what's the sure point? Can. That's the that's what every superhero comic does, which is basically what these are. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't have to make fundamental changes like that. They did it for years in the in the other books. Yeah. In the meantime, if you're looking for the perfect geek themed vacation, look no further than Geek Nation tours. Geek Nation Tours is proud to announce they're returning to New York City this fall. When you attend the New York Comic Con and explore the city, that's the home to the Avengers, Daredevil, Spider-Man, and many more iconic comic book-themed locations over this seven-day tour. It's a big tour, Josh. Big tour. They're even going to have Jan Silent Bob's Secret Stash, Comic Store as a destination, and the fictional address of the Fantastic Four. Geek Nation Tours handles all the travel, the hotel, and the tickets to the con. All you need to do is have a good time. But comics isn't all they do. Geek Nation Tours offers other great tour packages like the Journey to Middle Earth Tour where you head to New Zealand to the World of Lord of the Rings, the Zombie Apocalypse Training 101, which is perfect for your Halloween or Walking Dead fan as you travel to Atlanta to see the filming site and get hands-on survivalist training and more. Then there's the Galaxy Far Away Tour, which is appropriate for our discussion. You may have missed Star Wars Celebration this year, which was in Anaheim, lovely and scenic Anaheim, California. But now it's time to start planning for next year's celebration. Neither of those things. <laughs> Neither of those things. Now is the time to start planning for next year's celebration, but with the Galaxy Far Away Tour, which we, we believe is in London next year, but we cannot confirm. I guess I could look that up. All these and many more tours are found at geeknationtours.com, where you can book your geek tour today. And I have a friend who has been in New Zealand for the past week, and her photos have been making me very jealous. Well, yeah. Did you catch that in the middle of that? I, I Paul Schaefer'd you. <laughs> you were like, big tour. And I was like, big tour. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Paul. It's definitely in London. There you go. It is literally a galaxy far away, unless you're already in yeah. Europe, then it's not so far. Those cab drivers are mean. <laughs> so, I also really enjoyed Justice it's League. It's the wrong side, mate. Justice League 41. Oh, man. Don't even get me started <laughs> on the wrong side of the road driving. Justice League 41, which was the Dark Side War Part 1. It's the. Uh, we talked about this last time for 40, but this is really the first issue of it. The return of the characters that kicked off this book originally, if you recall, the team formed because Darkseid had invaded Earth, and they kicked him out, and so now he's back. And this issue, I, it was fun. I mean, there's still things to be annoyed about that a new 52-ish. There's a lot of Mr. Miracle in this issue. We get introduced to him for the first time. And they just went and ruined that classic Jack Kirby costume. Oh, did they? Yeah, it's the same thing. He's got all these extra lines and plates of armor on it. No. And it's just like, come on. 
I, that's a tough one. I, I hadn't really considered that because I don't. Uh, yeah, that. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't you, those designs are um, especially the new god. Specifically, yeah. I like that they've made Darkseid kind of a bigger figure, mm-hmm. like he's sort of Hulk sized, and I think that works for him. I remember when I was a kid, those superpowers toys, Darkseid was sort of Hulk sized. Mm-hmm. He had those giant ape arms that I would like to smash down on top of people when I played mm-hmm. with them. I like that bit, but like, there's a couple of shots of, of close-ups of Mr. Miracle's face, and there's just these random, stupid lines on his mask for no reason. Why? I would love to have an off-the-record conversation with somebody at DC about these designs and what the, what the thinking is behind <laughs> them. It's just so stupid. But uh, the story was fun, and I always like a big war involving the new gods in the Justice League, so uh, that's fun. And in this issue, Cyborg is also being uh, sort of recreated less of a machine more of a man because if you recall he was kind of like a giant tank person previously oh i don't think they're slimming him back down to sort of the old style where he was a you know mostly man and some submachine so this is fun the jason fubuk art is growing on me i wasn't a big fan before but i think he's sort of coming into his own and he's he's definitely like fitting into that like he's developing into that ivan reese yeah he was more uh, of a finch clone yeah. And he's he's finding his own way. I mean, it, we talked about Aaron Cooter before, who we started off with as a quietly clone and developed his own style very quickly. Yep. And uh, Fabuk's style is getting better from, on me anyway. And this feels more like old Jeff Johns, you know. I like to say Fabok. Fabok. Because it sounds like a Vulcan. It probably is because Fabuk would imply two O's. Yeah, yeah. And being, so, and being from Liverpool. Fabok. Let's say Fabok. He read the book. So that was fun. I enjoyed that. Also, War Stories number nine. You didn't read this arc, did you? No. No. I read all of the issues when I was in your apartment, and the next time I'm there, I'll read the other ones. This was might be the best arc of this Avatar. I run. think you you I did. I read the first issue of it. I think when I was at your place, and then I just forgot about this it. This is the story of which I know is very strange coming from me. And I'm this sorry. Is the story. Yeah, you just whacked I know. about Garth Ennis last week. I know. Uh, this was I the, know. This was the uh, story where the Nazis or the German soldiers were actually the heroes, which is mm-hmm. completely unusual for most World War II stories. And uh, it ended, ended nicely, as, as nice as these things can. So the story has been that these stranded German tank soldiers rescued this German family from being treated awfully by the, by the Russians who were making their way through Germany. And so the, this three-issue arc has been them sort of surviving on, in the woods together. And the teenage girl in the family's fallen in love with one of the German guys. And he's very resist, resistant, not just because she's 15, but also because he's, you know, he doesn't feel great about things they've done either. And there's a, in this issue, he basically unloads on her. And, you know, the G- Russians aren't the only ones doing horrible things. And there's a f- bunch of flashbacks to them hanging people and burning them and implied rape and... You know, he says, there's even worse things I've heard about that we've done in your name. It was one of those really sort of bring the hammer down issues. It was the wrap-up issue. and It was really well done in terms of, you know, as we said before, his character work is stellar. He made them really interesting people. It was good. You'll enjoy it. If- yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, just, I, I just decided, I'm like, I'm going to just have to buy these books at some point because I can't <laughs> seem to deal with the issues. It's, it's just all out of my workflow. That's it. all it is. It's it. a workflow issue. I understand. Where are you on the Wicked and the Divine, and what do you care about hearing? I haven't read it since the second issue. I've got them all, but I just haven't. All right. Every time I look at the stack, I go, oh, okay. Yeah, I know. I don't get all of them. To, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I'm saying I don't understand all of them. I that think, was part of the problem. The first two issues, 
it felt very phonogram one versus phonogram mm-hmm. two. And uh, so every time I would go to read nine or ten of them, I'd go, oh, oh. You know, So I really like uh, the creators of this. Yeah. I really like Jamie McKelvey's art, and I want to appreciate this. But I think that part of what's happening here is that the subject matter, which is not the gods part, which I totally understand, mm-hmm. but the pop star part... Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't understand because I, I'm not hooked into it at all. Very specifically, Jamie said something on Twitter about, it was a thing last week where Kanye West had gone comic book shopping in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of people said it. And apparently he, he picked up The Wicked and the Divine, but he did not buy it. And Ooh. Jamie said, that's good because one of our characters is an analog to that. And I was like, I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> like, and like, so the, I guess I'm thinking like, I think these characters are analogs to pop stars that yes. I don't know. Or at least don't. Well, there was the, the I was reading. I was reading actually a summary in, in, of it somewhere, and I thought, oh, well, that makes more sense than what I read. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's a Florence character from the Florence and the Machine character, and there's I'm a, not gonna get that. There's a David Bowie character, and uh huh. Like, apparently, I don't know. I have to. And read apparently, it. it's all there. Anyway, so this is the week that uh, it was also announced they're going to do a TV show of this. Yeah, or they're developing a TV show of it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Good for them. That sounded sarcastic. It was not supposed to be. That was sincere. I absolutely, like, I'm, I'm very pleased with their success. But I'm not cool, basically. I don't get it because I'm not cool. But I'm still reading it. And what they did this week, the same week that they announced that, uh, is that they killed off a person who is very uh, central to the story. Mm-hmm. Like, in a big way. Like, oh, what are we supposed to do now? Hmm. When the character gets everything that they want. Well, that's trouble. And then is killed. Immediately. You never get what you want in fiction. Never get what you want in fiction. So that was an interesting in choice. And I'm like, I know that beneath, if I could figure out what the symbolism is supposed to be, I would probably <laughs> enjoy this a lot more. And I think this is, uh, I think this is my problem w- w- with phonogram also. I, I just don't, it, I'm so not part of whatever this thing is that they're talking about mm-hmm. that I don't understand. You're not cool. And that's okay. I'm not cool. I am Lester Bangs, not cool, but not even that cool. <laughs> You're not. So uncool that you're cool. You're just not cool. I'm not cool. I get it. It's fine. So Jupiter Circle number three, uh, did you read this? Yeah, 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 yeah. So the first two issues was the story arc about the, st- the heroes. In the, f- in the first arc, Jupiter's legacy, they were the old heroes. and It was all about their kids. This series have gone back to the past to see these o- the old heroes as young people. The first two issues was about a closeted superhero and this issue is all about a really dissatisfied married superhero. <laughs> it's just sort of like suburban ennui issue. Yeah. Like uh, the heroes, he stops a he stops a big giant or robot in the like the Midwest somewhere, and oh, it is the Midwest, and he meets a nineteen-year-old grocery cl- grocery clerk, <laughs> little blonde <laughs> girl, and they have an affair, and she wants to be a hero. He brings her to the city. We find out he's married and has kids, and and then he makes her a superhero. She's got a costume and. He's like, the rest of the team is embarrassed by him. And and they're not shy about it. No. And I like the scene where he's like, so Richie's allowed to have a boyfriend, but I can't date a girl. And he's like, whoa. <laughs> oh. Why am I getting dragged into this? And then uh, it ends with him choosing to be with the young girl leaving his family, and his son is not happy about it. So I just love this as an exploration of the human I do side too. And, and I'm, not saying, I'm not saying his thing, but like I've seen Mark Miller posting about his sick kids lately like three-year-old throwing up all night kind of thing mm-hmm. and i was just like oh look at him 
<laughs> I know this. I, rec- <laughs> I recognize this. I'm out of here. Wilfredo Torres, uh, who actually did not do the whole thing. Uh, there was some fill-in pages. That makes um, sense. Oh, yeah, you're yes, right. yes. But at the same time, uh, Wilfredo Torres is amazing. Yeah, like, he's good. I don't know where he came from, but he's great. I really, really like his work and this style, and I think that it, it absolutely works for the story. So, it just to me, like I'm like it's a new artist that I hadn't heard of that I'm I'm very like oh I really that's... like this book. Yep, I do too. It's sort of the, the 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 Hollywood Babylon of superheroes in that era, like what was going on behind the capes. Yep, all the troubling stuff. Now, a smart person mm-hmm. would go into non-player two, and they would say, hey, "I have non-player one right there." I mean, <laughs> and he would read it. Mm-hmm. But you are not that man. <laughs> a smart man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but a person, another person <laughs> who has a lot going on might justify to himself, you know what, I'm just going to read this second one that came out three years later or however many years later. And uh, if I can't figure it out, all right, that's on me or them. We'll find out. Who was it on? I don't know. I do know that it didn't seem anything like what I remembered from the first issue, which was we were in this world, like a virtual reality fantasy world, and it was a game, and then I think a bunch of people were killed at the end. I remember a motorcycle. That's all I remember from the first one. Is a girl on a scooter. She's the delivery person. That's all I remember. Nothing. Whatever. So I read non-player two, and everybody was blown away by non-player one. And then uh, uh, Nate Simpson had had some issues uh, getting the second one out. Uh, he writes, draws, colors, the whole thing, does the whole deal. And then this one sort of starts. Did you read this? No. Okay. This one sort of starts with a siege at a, a big fishmonger, but there's like there's mechs. There's VR mechs, like so we're in the real world, and it's like in the not terribly distant future, but technology's got a whole different sort of thing going on. And then there's people who are involved in the the VR, like it's a whole other thing. So it actually wasn't hard to pick up what was happening in this because mm-hmm. it was almost like a new story. Right. Because we met a bunch of people for the first time, and I was I was trying really hard though to remember. This is going to sound worse than it is. What it was everybody liked about the first one. <laughs> I don't see the reason why I didn't read this one is because I. I remember reading the first one. I remember enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I remember that's it. That's all I remember. I don't remember right. the theoretical construct that is non-player one. Yeah, I don't remember anything about it. And I thought, you know what? I just I can't because I don't know when three's coming out, and I don't. Yeah, you know. I well, I, you know, I, I just went in. It was almost a thought experiment. Yes, I get. It. I, sure. I want to see what's happening, and and that definitely like he's built a really interesting world here. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I know the characters well enough to say that there's some interesting characters, but there's definitely some seeds that were planted that that are that are very strong. It is definitely one of those uh, show don't tell things where like mm-hmm. he's got a world, you're in it, it's moving along, and you're gonna have to figure out how it works. Which I like, I uh, yeah, which is yeah. good, but and it's and it's it's I mean I had a lot of time to think about it, so it's definitely a well conceived world. Um, and if you like these kinds of ideas, the VR and, and big robots and the future and blah blah blah, but with sort of people who are just normal humans, then then you'll dig this. I, I think that there's a lot more to reveal before I know exactly what it is, though. Okay. Well, there you go. There you go. Uh, that's all the comics for the week. And if you like what we do here, you can go to ifanboy.com/amazon uh, when you have to place an order uh, with the uh, mega e-tail giant. Um, and if you do so, then a portion of your purchase goes to us. And so you don't have to do a dang old thing. 
to help out the show a little indirectly uh, if, you, if you like what we do here. You can also go to ifanboy.com slash registration if you want to make a straight-up donation to the show, either a regular payment of $3 a month or $30 a year or anything that you choose to. Um, if you want to throw, throw a little something in the kitty, <laughs> it wasn't supposed to sound dirty, and it was correct, <laughs> but when I said it, it felt bad. Yeah, you had an um, there. I think that Airboy has really messed me up. It was like, whoa, a, whoa. It was a bi- it was a big dong. <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I like to get the, see the notes on that. Can I? Uh, <laughs> can you amp can up mine? He's like, okay, I will, and then he amped his own up. I'm not saying um, I'm not saying it's wrong. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. have any first hand or second hand knowledge. I'm just saying, you know, mm-hmm. it's a heightened yeah. reality. Anyway, so that's that's how you can help out the show, and of course, we very much appreciate those of you who we, we we still hear from people who are like, I just signed up, and uh, that's like the greatest uh, because that real that's like a tangible uh, way that you're saying I really I really like what you guys are doing, and so we thank the people for that, and that's how you can uh, you can do something too. Carry on. Let's do a couple of emails. Jason from the island of Doctor Moreau says, "I'm just getting back to collecting comic books. I stopped in the mid '90s." Now I know the 90s was, has kind of a bad rap, but I loved everything I collected, and I'd go every week religiously. I'm a huge fan of the 90s X-Men, and just about every image title that came out during that time, Brigade, Bloodstrike, and Stormwatch, topped my list. I've been following the advice of my local comic guy, who ironically is the same guy from the 90s. He told me to get Secret Wars and then pick up a few of the ensuing number ones. I've done that, and I've been kind of excited about it, but a bit confused as well, which I expected. Even though I, don't, I do like them, I'm really missing those image-type books. I always thought the writing was a bit more mature, the art was better, and the characters were more complex. Maybe that was just me as a 14-year-old or not. Any suggestions for current comics from a publisher that would take me back to that feeling? Um, it was definitely you as a 14-year-old. Um, I don't know. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, I, you know, I was around his age, probably maybe even exactly that age when those books were coming out, and I thought they were awesome, too. But I've, I've read a couple of them as an adult, and... Uh, they're not well written. I didn't like them then, and I don't really like them now. So I, when I'm when I say I don't know, I'm not even being facetious. Yeah. Like I wasn't reading then. So if you like, I mean, Stormwatch, I can sort of grab onto that a little bit. I don't know though. Brigade and Bloodstrike are deep cuts. That's like the the, the third generation of those images. Yeah. Books. And the thing was, none of those books are known for their writing. Mm-hmm. If you, I mean, if you want a real-life example of it, you go pick up Savage Dragon. It's being done exactly the same way it was done in the 90s. <laughs> well, that was, see, that was the thing is that he said he was a huge fan of it, and I'm trying to distill down what it is that he was a huge fan of. Well, because at that time, uh, the, the difference was stark. It was you know, more violent and bloody, a little more sexual. And these are things that you didn't get in Marvel and DC books. So as a teenager, you were like, this is the greatest thing ever. Right. That's how my feeling was too. But all that stuff either translated over to Marvel and DC because they saw the success of it. So you've got comics now from Marvel and DC that are more violent and more bloody and, and sometimes more sexual. That all just moved over to the other books, the storytelling style. But you just got better writing. The other thing that happened is that the people who did those books... Went back. Are, no, no, no. They're still making books. That's it's what I mean. They went back the, to Marvel and DC. I know, but also like they also kind of grew up... Because the people reading those books are the same people, so the stories tend to be more geared towards older people instead of those fourteen-year-olds. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to get. Like I don't know of comics that have that sort of tone that aren't ironic, really. And the ones that do don't succeed, so they don't stick around. I, this you know is what all I mean? of Marvel, all of the DC's 
reboot was to try to recapture that feeling, and it didn't go all that well. But I remember as a kid loving, loving, loving Spawn, mm-hmm. especially the first year or so of it. And so a few years ago, Image put out some collections of Spawn, mm-hmm. and I got them and re- tried to reread the first one, and I, it was almost impossible to read. Yeah. I mean, it's just, just walls and walls of text. and. So do you think, to psychoanalyze it yeah. a little bit, do you think he just misses that feeling? Sure. You don't, you're never going to get that feeling back from when you were 14 years old and reading those comics. I mean, to me, it's a little like if I go and I listen to the first Pearl Jam album. Mm-hmm. I don't love it like I used to. You can't. You, you don't feel I, things as intensely as you did when your hormones were going crazy in, in your body. And also, like I, in that time, have developed different tastes, yes, for one thing, but thing. also different critical... Like, I see things that I didn't see before, so it was, it was, it was easier to impress me. Well, you're an, adu- you're an adult as opposed to a... But th- there you go. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, you know. You're never going to feel as intensely about almost anything as an adult that you did when you were... I don't know, pornography. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, actually, I would say completely the opposite. Mm-hmm. If you were exposed Do to... Do we the- want to talk about this? No. <laughs> But I just you're not going to capture that feeling. And most of the comics you like that are the style was co-opted by the other companies mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, yeah, and adapted. I mean, the best I could tell you would be, you know, if you really liked Spawn, like maybe read read Batman because because Greg Capullo is sort of his antecedent. Mm-hmm. Or if you re- you know J- Jim Lee's still drawing books. If you liked that kind of stuff, there's been a bunch of. That Wildstorm stuff has percolated into the last sort of bunch of DC stuff, but it right. didn't ever last very long, and I didn't hear anything about it. No. Or if I read it, I didn't read it for very long, so it, it's hard to say specifically what. It's tough. Yeah. You can't go home again. I think that's pro- that's a lot of what drives the comics industry is, <laughs> is people trying to go home again, and they, you, you can't. Yeah. Maybe every once in a while you might touch touch it briefly for a second. And that's fun. That can be actually really good and rewarding. But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe go back and read. Um, here's the thing. Go back and check out some of the Alan Moore stuff, like the Alan Moore Wildcats or the James Robinson Wildcats that sort of came out of that. And those were done a little better. So you're still sort of back then, but they're, they're pretty good stories. But the art is sort of of that time, but yeah. also p- pretty good. That's, that's pretty too. objectively good. Supreme. Um, Joe Casey's Wildcats uh, is another one. Uh, that sort it of has been a while since you have recommended that book. Yeah, but it sort of straddles those worlds. So if you remember that stuff and you liked those characters, there's a lot of material there that you can sort of get into. Um, it's not really current because I don't, I can't think of anything current because that wouldn't, it wouldn't sell basically. Yeah. But if you're looking for the sort of extreme, which mm-hmm. is what Brigade, Bloodstrike, <laughs> and Stormwatch were, that this you're gonna have a hard time finding that. Yeah. You know, just it's just not the way things are done anymore. Yeah. All right. Shafi Shafi from Jersey in the Channel Islands, California. That's a long place name. In the past year, I have a sudden revitalized interest in comic books. I used to be obsessed with them from the age of 9 until around 13. Now I'm 32, and that interest has peaked again. I am married, and we just had our first child last year. (laughs) So you're looking at the past. I understand. Uh, As a lot of new families, we're trying to make as much savings as we can, but at the same time, I still would like to sate my appetite for these stories that I want to follow. I have three or four series that I'd want to buy regularly, Seven Bastards, The Fade Out, Ms. Marvel, etc., 
What would you recommend be the most economic way to collect these issues? Should I wait for the issues to be collected in the volume or the, in the trades to be released? Is there somewhere I can find a cheaper deal if I subscribe to the series? Right, what you want to do is you want to go back in time. You want to start a comic book podcast <laughs> and work at it for like a comic book website. 12 or 13 years, and then eventually they'll just give them to you. Well, the Marvel stuff, the cheapest way, I think, is to become a Marvel Unlimited subscriber, right? And then you, yes, you and get I all of the Marvel books. You just have to wait six months. A six-month delay, and, and, and you will have no shortage of other material to read during that time. That's like the best deal in comics. Yeah. I mean, other than that, I think the trades are the best deal. Uh, when it comes to the the image series, especially the the first trades, they think I think they're like nine bucks for those first yep. volumes. So for those and then after that, they they go up a bit, but it's a better deal, and you can probably find them uh, at a discount. That's going to be your most economic way to do that, I think, because there's no there's no economic advantage to digital. No, currently still. Well, the the, the Marvel Unlimited digital is the only thing. right, right, right. That's, that's right. where you. If you don't know what that is, Shafi, it's the sort of Netflix style service for marvel in which you subscribe monthly but you get access to everything they've got digitized and the new books come out they just come out on a delay and you'll eventually get to read all of them you just be behind the times it doesn't really matter you can always go back and listen to the show that's okay previously named the marvel dcu yeah which who are the ad wizards who came up with that one So that's the probably the best deal for your Miss Marvel books if, or any other Marvel books you're hearing about. I mean, they're about to relaunch everything in a few months, and that might be a good place to jump on if you're if you're uh, coming back to comics, if you're into Marvel characters. But for the image stuff, I would also go the trade route and and pick look look for the, your discount retailers, your in stock trades, or your Amazons for that sort of thing. If you're looking for the yeah. most economic way, yeah, that's that's probably the best thing. But I think you're being you're being realistic about it. Baby's got to eat. Babies, they just do. They won't, and if they don't, they get even louder. So, and also they'll arrest you. So you should definitely fade <laughs> kid before comics. I don't think anybody's going to fault you for that. You can email us at contact at ifanboy.com or leave a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. Tell us who you are and where you're from and keep it to around 30 seconds. We haven't played a voicemail in a little while. I'm going to go ahead and cop to that. We've got a couple of long ones that were too long. Mm-hmm. A lot of people call in for, and make comments on what we say, yeah. which isn't really going to get played on the show, mm-hmm. which is totally fine. I mean, you can do that. Well, we listen yeah. to it, but you're not going to play you know, your know. reaction to something we said in the show. No, because we don't remember. Well, it's just uh, couch it as a question, a discussion question, then, then we yeah. play it. But if it's just, you know, you guys are wrong about this or you're right about this thing, that's nice to hear, hear but I'm not going to play that on the show. It is not compelling content for the yeah. show, you mean? Yeah, that's what I mean. What do we know? So you can do those things to get as part of the show. We always enjoy the audience questions. And in the meantime, head over to ifanboy.com and comment on this show. Talk about this week's books and find all our other podcasts. Follow us at facebook.com slash ifanboy and at ifanboy on Twitter. And you can follow us individually at J.A. Flanagan at C.S. Kilpatrick. If you haven't rated the show in iTunes, what the hell is wrong with you? True. I'm just saying, we've been asking for like 10 years. You haven't done it yet? What's that about? <laughs> <laughs> uh no uh word of mouth uh, uh sharing uh the shows on social media things like that all that stuff is really helpful and we appreciate it or, or we, we see people all the time in our twitter feed you know recommend i fanboy to people looking for a good comic book podcast and we always love that so thank you very much uh please keep that up that's all thank you for listening thank you for showing up connor well last week went so well that i just figured i can probably take every other week off now right it's fine I'll, also, I'll be off next week. I'm not unvain enough to be like, <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm just saying a lot less work on my part. It is almost entirely less. There's, there's, it's totally less work for you. That's true. <laughs> I enjoyed it though. It was fun to listen to. Okay, good. Thank you. So did, I, did I say anything? Did I? I don't. I don't. I blacked out. I don't know what happened. Well, I mean, there was a little bit of racism, but that's just to be expected. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we're looking at your uh, job application here, Mr. Flanagan, and um, well, I'll be honest. We Googled you, and a lot of disturbing stuff about eugenics came up. <laughs> well, you know, it's just worth exploring. I'm just saying, let's just have the discussion. Wait, come here, let me see your head ridge, sir. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying let's have the talk, let's have the conversation. It's, it it would be it would be it would be risky not to. So uh, I'll head back. ridge. I'm back. I'm not planning on going anywhere for a while. <laughs> uh, I'm out of here. All right. Until next week, I'm Connor. I'm Josh. Thanks very much. We both go down together. Clearing, you wept, but your soul was willing.